Welcome back to the Trust Show podcast. And after a week break, uh, we're back with Season 5, Episode 1. One of the six components of my trustworthiness model is time. Time is one of the what-you-do group of uh, dynamic components. Time accelerates the impact that the positivity or negativity of the interaction has on your trustworthiness. But not all time is equal. You know that it takes time to build trust. You also know that once you lost trust, it is almost impossible or takes a tremendous amount of time to rebuild it. You probably also heard that nobody gets a second chance to make a first impression. First impression plays a special role in building trust as well. This episode will discuss the special role of first impression on building your trustworthiness. It will explain why it has such a strong impact, explain what happens over time, and finally, it will give you some advice related to the role that first impression plays in building your trustworthiness. Welcome to The Trust Show. I'm Yoram Solomon, your host, the author of The Book of Trust and facilitator of The Trust Habits Workshop. My mission is simple. I want to help you form habits that build your trustworthiness because the answer to this question will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? How does first impression work? You know, you probably heard that don't judge a book by its cover. It's a great sentence. It talks about judging things or people by their content, by, by their inside and not their outside, not their looks. But it's a great statement to make. Is this really how we operate? And the answer is no. It's not how we operate because we do judge books by their covers, which is why there's a whole industry on designing book covers as opposed to uh, there's a title and and you go and you read the book and uh, you judge it by the content. Because we have to decide whether we're ready to make the investment of time in reading that book. The first interaction that you have with a person leaves a very strong impression. And I'm going to look at you as the person that wants to be more trusted and think about that first interaction that you leave. You heard the phrase, uh, you don't get a second chance to make a, f- a first impression. I-, I tried to find what was the origin of this, and I found multiple origins, so I don't know who came up with this, but you don't get a second chance to make a impre- uh, first impression, and you heard that. In my workshops, one of the uh, ways that I used to uh, emphasize, to, to make this point clear, is I asked people who was the first president the first president of the United States. Well, who was it? You probably know that, George Washington. By the way, I'm not going to go into a deep discussion of that, but Washington really became a president in 1789. The United States became the United States in 1776. So what happened for 13 years? And actually, there are other people, but I'm not going there. Who was the first president? You know him as George Washington. Who was the second president? How many people know who the second president was? It was Adams. So not too many people know who the second president was, but we all remember the impression of who the first president is. 
First person to walk on the moon. You know who that was and, and what was the program? You probably remember. It's Apollo 11. No, it's not Apollo 13. Apollo 13 is the uh, one with Houston, we have a problem. It was Apollo 11 and the first man to walk on the moon was Neil Armstrong. You probably know that. Most people know that. Who was the second person to walk on the moon? This is where I typically lose about 80% of my audience. They don't know it was Buzz Aldrin. That was the second person. You want to take it further? What was the second mission that landed on the moon? If Apollo 11 was the first one, what was the second mission? Don't know that. It was Apollo 12. It was actually the same year, 1969, four months later in November compared to July. And the, the person to walk on the moon on the second moon landing was Pete Conrad. Well, we don't know that, but we almost always know who the first person is. That's the impact of first impression. There was something else that made me think about the impact of first impression in terms of trustworthiness. I once wanted to uh, renovate my pool, the pool at, at my house. And uh, I invited several companies to come in, uh, take a look, take measurements and, and give me proposals. One of them showed up in my front yard at my front door driving a Maserati. Now, what would you think of a person who is doing pool renovation that shows up in Maserati? I, I know what I feel, but what do you think? Would you think any differently about that person if they showed up in a Ford F-150, a reasonable, you know, five, six-year-old Ford F-150, obviously a work car, a truck? What would you feel about them? What would you think about them if they show up in an old, beat-up Toyota Corolla? See, you're making your opinion, you're, you're creating your opinion of a person, and whether you trust them to do the job or not, and maybe you relate that to their competence, maybe you relate that to their personality compatibility, Maybe you look at the person driving the Ford F-150 as someone who's competent, they have the right car, it's a truck, the right truck for the job. Maybe you look at the person driving the old beat-up Toyota Corolla as someone who's probably not very successful because they're apparently not making enough money to, uh, to buy the, a truck or a good car that they need for the job, and so they're driving that old, I don't know, 20-year-old beat-up Corolla. And when you look at the person driving the Maserati, maybe you're thinking, you know what, maybe this is a guy that's making too much money. Maybe not very honest. I don't know. But, but you are creating that first impression. And that first impression, by the way, has really absolutely nothing to do with their ability to do the job, with their trustworthiness in the context of that job. Uh, you know, there's several books on the topic, uh, whether it's Malcolm Gladwell with Blink that talks about the, uh, uh, he calls it, I believe, thin slicing, the, the how we make up our minds in, in the first, you know, several seconds or several minutes. Daniel Kahneman, a Nobel Prize winner uh, in 2002, uh, in his book, uh, Thinking Fast and Low, if thinking fast and slow when he talks about the subconscious mind uh, versus the conscious mind. Uh, 
we have our subconscious mind does play a role in uh, creating that first impression or how we think and whether we trust and how much do we trust that person. Why does first impression have such a strong impact? We hate uncertainty. We hate not knowing. And when you don't have enough certainty about a person that you're interacting with, you don't feel safe. So there's a certain level that you need to know a person in order to feel safe. But here's the problem. You don't know them because you never met them before. You never interacted with them before. You don't know enough about them. So what does our brain do? Our brain takes what we know about the person, what we know for a fact, maybe what we read about them, maybe something that somebody told us about them, and immediately takes any possible clue to fill the gap, to get to that level of knowledge that we need to know, that we need to have about that person to feel safe. So as we start, we probably have a lot more assumptions about the person than real knowledge. As our relationship evolves, we start to know more, and therefore we need to make fewer assumptions. But those assumptions are made based on those clues that we have, those first impressions, things that we see in first impression. This could be the car that they drive. This could be the type of glasses that they wear, the type of clothes that they wear, the type of pen that they have, the type of phone that they have. If the phone has a broken screen that maybe they don't have enough money to, to replace that. We take all those little clues, our mind, our brain consumes them as fast as possible and creates assumptions just so that we get to a certain level of knowledge, most of it based on assumptions, that we need in order to feel safe. Because underneath that, we will feel danger. One other thing to worry about is that those assumptions are also fed by confirmation bias. We fill that gap by what we want to see, what we want to know about this person, whether it's true or not. So over time, we move from having part of what we know about the person based on what, what's fact, that, that we know for a fact, part of it based on assumptions, part of it based on confirmation bias, what we want to see, or, or we can say that the assumptions are fed by confirmation bias. And as we move on in time, we get to know them better. The part that's filled with fact, with real knowledge, grows as the assumptions and confirmation bias uh, starts shrinking. We move from looks to substance. Let's go back to my trustworthiness model. And, and again, I'll focus on the dynamic group of components, the what you do during an interaction. 
if you remember, it starts with positivity or negativity, the, the contribution that, that you make to the interaction with another person so they can decide if they trust you or not. That would set the direction in positive or negative. More trust, you're going to be considered more trustworthy or less trustworthy. That is accelerated by two factors. The amount of time, or let's just call it the time component, and the intimacy component. Both of them accelerated. Time, time is made of length, the amount of time, the total amount of time, the frequency, how often do you meet another person? Even if you meet them for a long time, but you meet them once a year, that is not accelerating as much as meet them maybe for a shorter amount of time, but more frequently. So we got the length, we got the frequency, and then the rhythm, the, the predictability of interacting with the other person. Those are, those are the components of time. And, and to talk about the overall place that time plays here, I'll take you back to the example that I gave, I believe, in uh, one of the episodes in season three when I talked about that model. I remember when, when I started driving a an automatic gear car that was back in the uh, early 80s, I think, when most cars still had the stick shift. And I, I moved to, to drive a car that, that had an automatic gear and, and I was worried that it's going to get stuck in gear and, you know, I'm going to have an accident until I got used to it. And the same happened with uh, cruise control. You know, the first time that I used a car with cruise control, I was worried that, you know, I, I will not be able to stop or slow it down and, and I'm going to crash into the car in front of me or something will happen. It's, it's really that the machine, that the computer is going to take over my car and, and not let me control it and get me into an accident. Took some time for me to learn that this is not the case and I started trusting it. Now you have self-driving cars. So I'll ask you the same question I asked you in that episode in, in uh, season three. How comfortable are you? Can you trust that self-driving car enough to sit in the back with nobody sitting by the steering wheel or the paddles and let the car drive you? Probably not. And, and it doesn't matter that statistics right now show that Self-driving cars have a lower rate of accidents per 100,000 miles driven than driver-driven cars. Doesn't matter. You don't trust it because you didn't spend enough time with it. So time does accelerate trust. But I want to focus on the first interaction because th there is something that you start with. You start with and then every interaction would increase trust or would reduce trust. And the problem is... That before the first interaction, there is nothing. There is nothing that, that you can accelerate. So the role that that first interaction plays in building the your level of trustworthiness or the level of trust that you have in another person is critical. It is the fastest moving. And this is why in my model, if, if you ever looked at my mathematical model, you will see that it kind of looks like it's it's growing really fast at the beginning, the, the impact that time has on building trust and trustworthiness more specifically. And over time, it starts kind of leveling off. So every future interaction would have a much smaller impact on trustworthiness. 
So you are a lot more susceptible to changes, to dramatic changes in trustworthiness in that first interaction than you are. Imagine this. You know me. You've known me for, I don't know, five years now. And how much can I affect the level of trust that you have in me, or specifically my level of trustworthiness, in every interaction? Probably not much. You can predict me pretty well. You know me well enough. You can interpret what I do in the light, through the lens of knowing who I am for for a long period of time. So the impact of every interaction is going to be much smaller, which means that the impact of time is going to be much lower. The first hour is going to have dramatically biggest impact than hour number hundred. After you've known me for a hundred hours, one more hour is not going to change that much. This is why the first impression has such a big impact on trust building and, and specifically your trustworthiness. So what happens over time? As I said before, we start with basing our trust in a very small part in what we really know for a fact and a big part of it in in what we assume and and that's fed or or affected by our confirmation bias, what we want to think, what we want to know about the other person. But over time, we know enough. So more of what we know is based on fact and is more solid and is therefore harder to change. So we know enough after spending enough time with a person, and this is for better or worse. I mean, th- this this could be we know enough to trust that person. At the same time, I can say we know enough to distrust that person. This is also why it's so much harder to rebuild trust than to start by building trust from scratch. When you start from scratch, consider it an opportunity. And I'll talk about that in the next segment. But consider it an opportunity. You have the possibility to make a big impact on whether you will be trusted or not. But over time, if you dug yourself into a hole, and and by a hole I mean not being trustworthy or being distrusted by other people, it's going to be really hard for you to make changes that will affect that in a positive way. I mean, even if you tried, even if you tried really hard, one problem you have or one thing you need to consider is that it's not going to come across as credible, your effort. I mean, all of a sudden you changed? What happened? Is is this change going to last? And in our whole process, our whole coaching process, or the the seven step process that will help you be more trustworthy, is focused on how you dig yourself out of that that hole. How do you become more trusted, even though somebody else may have known you for a long period of time? One more component here that that happens over time. When I talked about, uh, and, and this was the seventh law of trust, that trust is dynamic. Trust is dynamic, and when I talked about that, I, I said that trust changes very quickly during an interaction, but it changes actually, it declines between interactions. 
So between interactions, I haven't seen you for a while, then the level of trust I have in you is going to decline because I'm assuming that your trustworthiness has declined simply because I haven't seen you enough. Over time, even that decline is going to be smaller. And, and the reason is because I do get to know you a lot better and uh, I have spent more time with you much more. So that's what happens over time. But what happens after the first impression? Keep in mind, after the first impression, after the first meeting you had with a person, you met with them for an hour. If you're not going to meet them for the next two, three weeks, that decline is going to be much faster. Just like the first impression itself during the interaction. The first decline is going to be deeper than the decline that you're going to experience, let's say, for not seeing the other person for two weeks, but after three years of getting to know them. Well, it's time for the uh, SWWC or the uh, So What Who Cares. This is the time when I'm going to give you advice based on what I described. So first of all, Remember that your trustworthiness is going to start being based on assumptions, based on little clues that you can or cannot control. Well, we can change that, or you can change that. You can change that by changing what they know about you. When I talked about the two groups of components, the who you are, made of competence, personality, compatibility, and symmetry, and the what you do, and that's what happens during an interaction, positivity, time, and intimacy. The who you are sets the tone for the beginning of the interaction. This sets the tone to the fact part of what they know about you. What you do during the interaction would change it, and the first impression is going to have pretty significant impact, but... You could help them know you better ahead of the first meeting. So let's say I'm going to use the example of the car that uh, that you're driving. They look at your car. They didn't even hear your voice. They see you walk away from your car and they're starting to form an opinion about you based on the car that you're driving. That opinion might have something to do with uh, how much money do you make? What if they actually knew? What if they actually knew how much money you make? You driving that car would have very little impact on their opinion of how much money you make if they already knew that. Well, obviously, that's not necessarily the, the type of information you want to share, or I don't think so. But start thinking about how much can you share, whether directly or through a third person, because remember, the fifth law of trust, trust is transferable. Let the person who you want to be trusted by know more about you before they meet you for the first time. Make them base their initial assessment, that, that first impression, more on the fact and less on assumptions. Then the first impression is going to be more realistic than not less impacted by their confirmation bias. That's one thing. The second is, do your homework before. If you're the person that needs to trust somebody else, 
If you're about to hire someone, if you're about to partner with someone, and you need to know if you need to trust them, if you know that your assessment after the first interaction is going to be based more on assumptions that are influenced by your confirmation bias and less on fact, how about you do your homework before and try and get as much information about them as possible, for better or worse. But so that the first impression that they give you, instead of delegating this to your subconscious mind, how about you bring as much as you can to your conscience mind to make that decision. Increase the level of fact that you know about them and reduce how many assumptions, how much assumptions you need to place just to get to that level of knowledge of the other person that would make you feel safe, that you know enough. I want to give you one last piece of advice, and that's that's going to be kind of uh, unusual type of advice. You may have dug yourself into a hole in a relationship. And as I said earlier on in this episode, you got to the point where people may not trust you or not trust you as much as you'd like to be trusted. You can change it. We have the seven-step process But I'm telling you up front, it's going to take a lot of work and a lot of time. What if you got it? What if you understand what is it that you're doing wrong and you want to change it, but what you're facing right now is that you don't have credibility in changing it because the other person who needs to trust you would look at you and say, well, I don't believe that they really made this change. Plus, you're not making a first impression anymore. The impact that every interaction will have is much smaller on your trustworthiness in their eyes than the impact that that first impression had. You know what you do? This is the time to move on. Move to another organization. Learn what you did from what you did wrong in the first organization. Don't make those mistakes. Make a good first impression in the second organization. It's hard to dig yourself out of that hole. So how about you start where there is no hole, start fresh. What would you like to know about trust and trustworthiness? Let me know and I'll answer it in a future episode. I would love to hear from you. Email me at yoram at thetrustshow.com. If you like this episode, subscribe to the show so you will automatically get notified when I release a new episode. Rate it, write a review for this podcast, because those ratings help not only you, but also others looking for podcasts just like this. If you're looking for more resources to learn about how to build trust, be trusted, or know who to trust, look up my workshops at yoramsolomon.com workshops, online courses at trustedatwork.com, Find my books on Amazon or go to my website, yoramsolomon.com. And remember one thing, the answer to these two questions will have the biggest impact on your personal and professional success or failure. Can I trust you? And can you trust me? Thank you for listening or watching The Trust Show.